Radio for the Agile community. www.agile.fm Thank you for tuning in to another podcast here with Agile FM. I'm Joe Grebson. Today I have uh, Klaus Leopold with me, Dr. Klaus Leopold. Um, and uh, he is for many in the Kanban uh, community, uh, a well-known figure. He has written books like Practical Kanban or Kanban Change uh, Leadership. Um, he's also, you can reach him at leanability.com. Uh, he is uh, native Austrian. He's truly a Kanban pioneer. As I said, he's the creator of the flight levels models. We're also going to touch on that a little bit. He has many years of experience as a top management consultant and is reaching about 30,000, sorry, thousand workshop participants per year. And um, so that, that says a lot in terms of uh, how he is reaching and approaching uh, leadership. Before we get started, welcome to the podcast, Klaus. Thank you, Joe. Thanks for having me. Of course. I'm uh, excited. Uh, unfortunately, you're on uh, uh, episode 134 of Agile <laughs> FM, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, it's way, it's been way too long that we're connecting. You should have been in a much, much earlier episode. We should have touched base many years ago. Um, we want to talk a little bit about your latest book that is available. We're also going to talk a little bit about a book that is in the making and soon to be available. Uh, but that uh, latest book is Rethinking Agile, an interesting book. Um, it is a an, uh, an, an relatively easy read. There's a lot of deep content, though, when I uh, when I approach the, the material. And for me, as somebody who likes visuals, uh, also a very, very um, impactful on, on your learning. Um, one of the things, maybe we get one thing squared away, we'll often talk about agile transitions, agile transformations. Um, what, what's your take on, on, on these words? Some people have a hard time with transformations. Some like transitions. I myself, I call it transformations. I'm not coming up with a better word right now, but what's mm. your take on that? Because you do need to, uh, in that book, you do make several references. Yeah. Well, actually, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, to be honest. So, I mean, uh, I, I use the word transition and mm, lately I, I, I use more transformation. So I think from a linguistic point of view, there is a difference. Um, yeah, I don't know. I, I try to somehow maybe use it even interchangeably, but that's probably not the best thing to do. Um, but yeah, right. yeah. We, tricky we might, question. We might use, yeah, we might use both. <laughs> terms here in this podcast right and uh, also like in your book we were talking about the conversion converting yeah. uh, an organization changing and etc what's interesting is in your book it's uh, it right starts right off that you're saying uh you know taking teams agile like development teams that is not business agility yep <laughs> right? you want to elaborate a little bit uh with, with the listeners on on why is that and, and why is that an important point right that business agility yeah. is seen as we have a lot of agile teams but that's not really business agility yeah so um i mean business agility itself is, is quite a broad term and i think uh, if we start uh, on the team level so what i see really quite often is that we are making teams agile right and then in the end let's assume we have 300 teams now we have 300 scrum teams and finally our organization is agile Unfortunately, it's not like this. I mean, of course, you can build cross-functional teams and all these kind of things. And don't get me wrong, I'm a huge fan of cross-functional teams. But this alone does not solve your problem because 
most of the time, one team alone cannot deliver customer value. So um, that's why we need to zoom out a little bit from the team level. And we need to make sure that the right team is working on the right stuff at the right time. Um, this alone does not make your business agile in terms of business agility, but that's the first step into this direction, right? Because, um, yeah, if I mean, we've, we've seen this so often when we start to um, visualize the work across the teams and you have these agile teams. What you do is uh, the teams, they have a backlog, right? And what you see is that, yes, work now is not cumulating in their doing part. It's cumulating in the backlog. But the thing is, if you need multiple teams that are connected, you have many full backlogs in the end. So it's not much better from a delivery perspective, from a getting things done perspective, where you store uh, the, the work in the backlog somewhere into a in a huge value chain or in the doing part of the team. I mean, for the team, it makes a difference. But for the end customer, there's usually no difference. That's the point. And that's also a problem, right? We often see yeah. in, uh, in organizations that teams feel like, uh, and, and they should feel like they have an accomplishment if they have completed an item, um, right? But on the other side, it, it might not be customer, something the customer exactly. That's what I mean with the with the with the backlog. So this is done from my team, but it lands in the backlog of another team. And in this uh, backlog, it's sitting for another. I don't know. Whenever they decide that they work on it, right? And that's yeah. the point. And that's what what why I always say. Okay, make sure that the right team is working on the right stuff at the right time. So we need to zoom out from the team level, see the entire value creation that's actually going on and also target these backlogs between the teams. We also need to empty these backlogs between the teams, kind of. Yeah, that's interesting, right? And then beside the teams also, and I think that is uh, one one sentence I actually uh, actually wrote down from this book. This is really uh, deep because I feel along this, the, the same line. If the desired state is agility, the way there should be should already be agile, right? And that's really the that's that's the idea. Like we often go in and and transform and we take a team, but then there's even if we have an integration with the team, the rest of the organization is not uh, not part of the game, right? Yeah, that's also you experience in your work. Totally, yeah, and yeah. So uh, agility starts with the change process. Actually, so I've seen it so often that um, the desired state is agility. And now let's come up with a waterfall plan to become agile. I mean, there is some humor in it for sure, yeah. <laughs> but uh, this doesn't make a lot of sense, right? So how we target this usually is that we um, also think in iterations when we are doing um, the change process, right? So we, we contract iterations each iteration has an outcome that we want to achieve. And then after each iteration, we do a kind of retrospective. So did we achieve what we wanted to achieve? What does this mean for the next iteration? And then we contract uh, the next uh, iteration. And well, we call it a change flow. So we try to establish flow in the change process in iterations. That's the idea. And when I say contracting, it's not like the legal contracting. It's more like a clarification, what we want to achieve, right? Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting because there was another one I, I took down, and these are, I think this is the, the the last one I actually took down word by word. Uh, business agility is created through lean processes that rapidly implement ideas, thus allowing teams to be uh, able to deliver something quickly. Right. Um, so there is this lean process in it. We do need uh, something that is 
agile, lean in the conversion of creating agility within an organization to really get at the, the full value of, of agility within an organization. I do think this is a topic that's really on the rise. Mm, right? yeah. I think this is definitely something that's uh, um, coming up um, quite a bit. Now, there are some organizations out there, and I just use this as an example. Obviously, the, the name stands for many, many things you can put in place for that. Uh, the Spotify model, right? I just want to touch on that. I think in a previous podcast, I, I did talk about that a little bit, but just for listeners, I have um, met people from Spotify, engaged uh, uh, with them. Um, but what's interesting is the Spotify model, as some blog posts actually from Spotify, people actually came out, they actually said like the, the, the model does not really exist uh, within the organization. It's not, a to- it's not a topic of conversation, right? Exactly. It's something the rest of the world is talking about. And now we're making copies of that model. Now, not to go into the specifics of Spotify itself, right, on the model, but there is this tendency uh, there of organizations trying to look at something like this and say like, I want to do this. Yeah. yeah. That's but I think, as you said, it, it's not just like the Spotify model. I think it's it's almost, I mean, all and none is, is are big words, but in many frameworks, um, they give you this promise, like, okay, if you just follow these rules, then everything will be fine, kind of. And like from uh, a perspective of the one who is buying something so we are buying agility right so it's really like there is a market of agile coaches and everything and we buy agility this somehow makes sense mm-hmm. um i mean it's not working but it sounds like okay it makes sense so i yeah. order this and it's, i think it's this mechanistic view of an organization our organization is a machine something is broken here so i call in a mechanic and they are fixing it kind of and they have their recipe they they do it and then everything is running smoothly again but that's yeah. unfortunately not reality right and that that brings us back to the change management process right you just mentioned right it's like something that can address these specific needs right and so not to think holistically as an entire organization yes. but to go punctual into like a certain areas of your of your organization say maybe because you talked about scrum a little bit but you're a capacity on Kanban, right? Maybe one group might in more benefit from Kanban, another team might more can benefit from Scrum. And like just like the drop-down kind of approach might not be um uh, might not be a, um, a suitable approach. Uh that is that is awesome. Can I can I just ask you, Klaus? I have no idea. Are you a pilot? <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> You're not a pilot, okay, but you uh, you are the creator of the uh the flight levels uh, model. And um, and just curious if if you were like flying through the clouds and landed and kicked off and started and everything. I'm flying drones actually. Yeah. So. <laughs> so I'm you a mini pilot. Different. You have different. You have reached different flight levels. That is true. Right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and I spent quite some time in planes in my former life, in my pre-COVID okay. life. So yeah, there there is some kind of yeah affiliation with this. You're the creator of the flight levels model. As far as I can tell, uh, there is a book in the making to be released somewhere in the June summer June? time frame. Yes. Right? Um, first in German, then in English. Yes, because German is much easier for me than English. Okay, here we go. Uh, <laughs> and uh, tell me a little bit, and I'm pretty sure there's some listeners out there who's like, all right, flight levels I've heard of. But I'm also sure that there are some people out there listening to this and say, what are flight levels? Hmm. What are flight levels and how did you come yeah. up with the term? How, what triggered that? 
Yeah, what triggered that is actually a, a nice story. So it was really like back in, I don't know, 2010, 2011, something like this. So one, two years ago. And I was, as you previously said, I was, um, so my roots are somehow in the in the Kanban world. And there was this company and we were talking about 340-ish uh, teams or something like this. And they were like, okay, make these teams agile. We want to become uh, an agile company. And I'm like, sounds great. Um, maybe I can, I can buy my Porsche finally, right? Because that's really, that's, that's a good job, right? <laughs> um, but then I was like, um, well, maybe it's good for me because I can really sell quite a lot of uh, billable hours. But for the company, it doesn't make any sense. And I was struggling to get this message across. Like what I said before, it's not about uh, making the single parts agile. It's the single teams agile, more about make sure that the right team is working on the right stuff at the right time. And this is where I was like, okay, we need to fly a little bit higher. So mm -hmm. the team is like the flight level one. We are close to the ground, right? We see how people are working, what are the technical problems and so on. But when it comes to deliver value to the market, we need to fly a little bit higher. This means we need to see exactly what we've uh, said before about the backlogs. Where are the backlogs filling up? What is the sequence of the teams, how they have to collaborate and so on and so on. So we need to, to bring the teams together mm. and fly higher means zoom out a little bit. This means this is flight level two. And this is actually how the flight levels came up. So in the beginning, there was just like flight level one and flight level two. That's it. Okay. And then later, there was also the flight level three, which is like, okay, it's great that we know uh, how to fly now, like mm -hmm. how to work, but are we flying in the right direction? So this is flight level three, where we're talking about strategy. And these are the three flight levels. So flight level one is the operational work of the teams. Flight mm -hmm. level two is the coordination of the work between the teams, make sure that the right team is working on the right stuff at the right time. And flight level three is strategy, are we actually flying into the right direction? Mm -hmm. and, and three would also be, uh, as far as I can tell, portfolio, right? The strategy. Uh, yes and no. Uh, so it would be the strategic portfolio management. That would be uh, flight level three. And the operational portfolio management would be flight level two. So uh, I'm not sure if, this, if these terms are uh, widely established, but this is how we are using them in the flight levels community. One thing is like the operational management of multiple value streams of multiple flows. So for instance, a good flight level two system could be a product or a service that's directly on the market. And sometimes it's the case that there are dependencies between products. I think you notice, right? You change something in this product, then you need to change something in another product and then another product. So we yeah. can build another flight level two system to coordinate these um, dependencies. And this would be the operational portfolio. And on flight level three, we can align actually our portfolio to the strategy. So this is why we try to distinguish it. So because in, 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 in big organizations, we mm -hmm. often don't see this mapping to the strategy. We just see an operational portfolio. Here are our 500 projects. Um, make portfolio management with it, whatever oh, this means, oh, right? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And this is a purely operational point of view. And we would like to link it to the strategy, actually, because then uh, portfolio makes more sense. And this is why we try to distinguish these two terms. Yeah. But by listening to you, I, I have to say that this is uh, absolutely clear, um, also based on other conversations. Uh, but just it becomes clear that our concerns in, in the agile space are shifting to, to other conversations, right? 
So not so much about the what you just said, the operational level. We might yeah. be good, we might be good at this point of introducing agility into a team. Always room for improvement. Don't get sure. me wrong. Right. Um, but it we are elevating business agility, strategy, portfolio management. These are super hot topics. Now, while you were talking, I was just thinking about um, one of the airlines I uh, very often fly with. Um, it's very interesting because they have like on, I think it's like a certain channel on audio, they have uh, the cockpit conversations with ground. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, you can, you can listen to what the pilots That's are cool. communicating. That's really cool. And what's interesting is there is a lot of conversation on takeoff and landing. There's a little bit once they are cutting through yeah. into coordination and once they reach altitude, there's hardly any conversation. They're just having handshakes in and out. So I, I felt like it's also the communication level, right? On level one, there's much more going on in terms of communication frequency. Yeah. I'm not saying importance, right? But frequency, check in, check out, and some more coordination necessary than when you reach other flight levels. I just thought I would throw that out. Yeah, I, I would think so. Although I think uh, on flight level three, especially on flight level three, um, so it doesn't make sense to have a daily stand-up meeting or something like this yeah. on, on flight level three. But nevertheless, I see that uh, sometimes the other extreme is there, that they are having, I mean, they call it the stand-up meeting, but it, it's something we meet four times a year. So yeah. that's not a stand-up meeting. So even on flight level three, or especially on flight level three, actually, I would like to see a weekly check-in because flight level three, it's about the future. And when right. there's one thing which is really uncertain, then it's the future. So it right. makes sense that we check in on a regular basis. I'm also a fan on flight level three to break down the outcomes to, let's say, um, um, yeah, quarterly um, granularity. Yeah. So we want in the next quarter, we want to achieve these four things or something like yeah. this. And then it just makes sense to check in on a weekly basis yeah. because I always focus on the outcomes, right? And after one week, if I don't see any movement in terms of progress or confidence, like then, okay, I'm I'm relaxed. After two weeks, yeah, yeah I'm still relaxed maybe. But right. if I don't see any movement in progress after four weeks or after eight weeks, I mean, someone could ask, um, can we help? Yes. <laughs> what, <laughs> what's going on here, right? Yeah. So uh, the thing is, I don't want to wait a quarter to see, oh, we didn't meet our uh, goals, uh, our outcomes. I want mm. to react before I actually see this. And that's the whole point of agility. It's not waiting uh, half a year and then see, oh, yeah, didn't make yeah. it. Didn't <laughs> react make it. before it, it, it is the, um, yeah. Yeah, too late. Uh, that's that, that's cool, yeah. So that that's what I noticed the the rare interaction between them, right? On on level three, as you said, right? Every time they entered a new uh, airspace, they said hello and goodbye and so on. So there yeah. was this things like just as you said, it's really um, cool. Um, now with your background in Kanban, uh, talking about flight levels, and a lot of people think Kanban, and I know it's not necessarily the only um, thing in Kanban is, but people think web limits. Right. How does VIP limits in general, which is obviously a positive thing, right, uh, to limit VIP, um, how does this impact your your flight levels or, or does it not have any impact mm. on, on the flight levels positively? How, how of, does, of course. Uh, yeah. I mean, li li limiting working process is a, is a cool thing, right? So we, what we want to achieve is we want to value finishing work over starting work because starting work costs money, finishing work brings money. So um, yeah, let's focus on earning money and not spending money. That's like the, the main yeah. idea behind it. Right. And But uh, mm, 
in in the fly levels community we 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 talk about creating focus so we with limits like working process limits is one way of creating focus there are multiple ways how you can create focus and the, like the main idea is always the same but like uh, different ways work differently on different flight levels for instance whip limits work great on a flight level one on a flight level two on flight level three static whip limits doesn't make a lot of sense because um, there is something like, um, yeah, time boxing is, is much better. So that's another way how to create focus, right? So we have start policy. So there, there are different ways of how to create focus. And yes, from the camp and world, uh, working process limits make a lot of sense. And uh, that, that's also flight levels is not uh, camp. And if you are uh, doing uh, like flight levels on a flight level one, you will probably do sprints or uh like uh whip limits on a flight yeah. level two it's not always so clear but mm -hmm. whip limits is a good shot but on flight level three it's Maybe different yeah. yeah okay interesting right so so these these concepts are not just going to be stuck in like it's like on the team level right and i think that's also important that the the agility is shining through and different in this particular case and your ideas here on on flight levels which is uh, I see quite a bit on on LinkedIn now when people are saying like flight levels and 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 learn about that. So I'm I'm super thrilled to uh, to see that agile is elevating right uh, in, yeah. uh, in the community. Um, you also said like business agility is not a team sport; it's a company sport, right? Um, mm. So so uh, interesting. And when we're talking about that from a from a um, adoptions perspective, right? One of the things you're sharing is that. Um, business agility, transforming to business agility, uh, transforming to flight levels, I would assume uh, in the same way, um, you know, starts at the top. Mm, that's that's not, a, not a bad place to start. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Why, why is that? And the reason I have to ask you this is because the grassroots movement mm. of agility in the early days, when I was, you know, like, way when the manifesto was was released at that time it was very often you know, the opposite it started like with teams and everything you're saying like nowadays stuff with all that we have learned i would assume right it's actually a good place to start in the top yeah and um i think the reason is um more or less the summary of what we've talked so far <laughs> because uh when it comes to like creating focus i think creating focus is one not the only but one key element that um, yeah makes an organization agile, like shifting the thinking from starting work to finishing work. So from like uh, yeah achieving outcomes uh, compared to starting, starting, mm -hmm. starting, right? And uh, the thing is, uh, if you um, if you only uh, create focus on the team level, exactly mm -hmm. what we have talked before is the thing that happens. They probably create focus in their doing part. But the backlogs, they are unlimited and they are full. So this means you don't create focus in your organization. You still have full backlogs. I mean, you have empty team columns on the board, but all the backlogs are full. And usually the team, uh, yeah, they, 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 they can decide about their doing part in an agile organization, but not so much about the backlog. So work is coming into the backlog. So we need to like... Uh, um, yeah, slow down this this backlog growth, and this is something that you can like solve somewhere on flight level two or on flight level three. 
And in most organizations, there are different uh, kind of responsibilities. I mean, on a flight level two, you probably reach, I don't know, 200 people, 300 people, something like this. So there are different responsibilities and it makes sense that they understand um, the power actually what what they can do uh, in order to uh, yeah improve um, everything that's going on in the organization and that's why I want to start there. Yeah, uh, it's also interesting, right? It's fascinating, right? Because we are um, seeing more topics popping up at, at conferences just around the world, right? It's there are con conferences that focus really on culture, mm. uh, agility, culture, and it's always leadership that's coming in, and it's like yeah. well, these are the struggles and these are the challenges and. And you would actually say if if a start on on the top uh, on on the top I'm not saying the top level right but I'm saying the top in a, let's say in an organization like however you want to see that from an org charts perspective right but it, it's leadership would have to be very very impactful and uh, exactly that was very different in the beginning and I think the, the the important thing is when I say we start on top then I don't mean in terms of sponsorship. Because that's what we've seen quite often. So there are some sponsors on top and they're like, yes, we are, be oh, you are becoming agile. This has nothing to do with us, exactly. right? Yeah, so exactly. become agile. You yeah. have our permission kind of. Yeah. But that's not what I want to see when we are talking about, uh, yeah, starting on top. I think uh, seniorish management is, uh, is, is an, is an, is an, part of 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 the game so yeah. they are they are not the one who are like giving the money they are the one who have the levers in the hand who are really like uh can take the the right decisions that um yeah agility yeah. actually is is, yeah. is 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 done and, and yeah. adapting to a new leadership style as well right having exactly game, right it's uh exactly. absolutely it's not about writing the check it's about uh exactly by being part of it and uh, and also understanding and learning how to you know create that organization that uh, we want to call agility and because otherwise you're absolutely right we're just going to have islands of agility within an organization and you know and, th exactly. and that might be that might be beneficial for an organization but just not to the full um to yeah. the full there's another thing, another observation that I have. So when, 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 like the the, the check leaders, right, who just write the checks, mm -hmm. when they write the checks, it's often that they expect, okay, now we have invested uh, this amount of money, now yeah. we can start even more projects. Mm -hmm. But what you're doing in a case like this, you are again just filling up the backlogs, and uh, it's it's the opposite most of the time. Um, when 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 you only think like team agility, um, because the behavior is like the expectation is we get more things done so we can start more things. Mm -hmm. And this ex exactly goes into the wrong direction. So in, in these situations, usually the performance goes down, although you invest all this money. So that's yeah. really a tricky part. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Just uh, at the end of our conversation, which I really, really enjoyed, I have to say, this is uh, this great connecting with you. Um, you you are releasing this book. We just talked a little bit about, uh, or the announcement that there will be something coming out this summer uh, about flight levels. Is there anything like a sneak preview, anything you can share what this book will be about? Uh, yep. So I'm actually not writing it alone. I'm I'm writing it with my partner in crime, Sigi Kaltenecker. And I also wrote the, the first Campen book, actually, with him uh, together, Campen Change Leadership. And yeah, um, so it is about flight levels, actually. So what we are um, doing there, we are basically 
uh, presenting the latest state of misunderstanding when it comes to the body of knowledge of flight levels. So we talk about flight, what is flight level one, flight level two, flight level three, um, how you build flight level, t uh, flight level two boards, how you build flight level three systems, how you um, yeah, uh, do like change leadership. That's actually Siggy's, um, Siggy's um, part. Um, yeah, how you um, bring managers on board, how you bring the people on board so that the change actually sticks. We also talk about the agile change process and all these kind of things that we actually teach in Flight Levels Academy. So it's kind of the reference book of uh, the stuff of the workshops that we teach in Flight Levels Academy. Wonderful. That's awesome. And for everybody who can speak or read in German, uh, they will have the opportunity to enjoy that book a little bit earlier than the English speaking audience will, which be slightly delayed, uh, but yes. not too much. So, <laughs> not uh, too much, I think. So yeah. I guess the publishing date is uh, June 17th uh, for the German one. And we will kind of like incrementally publish the, the English book chapter by chapter. And hopefully the first chapter is also done already by June. Let's see. Sounds like an agile approach. <laughs> yeah, how crazy is that? <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Klaus, for uh, spending a little time with me, the listeners, Agile FM, and uh, I'm looking forward to the release of the book and uh, the development of flight levels in general. Thank you so much. Cool. Thanks, Joe. Thanks for having me. It was fun talking to you. Thank you for listening to Agile FM, the radio for the Agile community. I'm your host, Joe Krebs. If you're interested in more programming and additional podcasts, please go to www.agile.fm. Talk to you soon.